right. That's true. Well, hey, we're going to share our first story here tonight. And uh, you guys can take your seat back at your seats. And uh, if you want to sit on the floor up front, you can. I don't really care. You do that. Hey, this space is open. I, I had some people saying the other day, they're like, man, I wish we could go down to the front and worship all the time during Citizens. And I was like, nothing is stopping you ever. Definitely not me. So if you want to come down here and express your worship to the Lord down at the front, that's awesome. If you want to sit in your seat, that's cool too. So yeah, stories. It's time. Who do we got first? We got uh, Jack Cherry, I believe. Jack, Jack Cherry. Cherry, you want to come up come here? Come on. Yeah. Get up here, Jack. How we doing? He's going to come up here with the rest of his small group to uh, for some support. Jack, how you feeling? You feeling good? Scared. Scared? Don't worry. Come on, give it up for Jack. Wow, those lights are very bright, man. It's a lot more of you than up here than I expected. You can see my house from here. Wow, that's crazy. These are my emotional support humans, if you couldn't tell. Uh, yeah, come on, man. <laughs> um, uh, like Noah said, my name is Jack Cherry, um, and I've never really talked on stage before, so have a little mercy. <laughs> Not used to this. So for a little bit about me, I'm 15 years old. I'm heading into my sophomore year of high school, and I moved here to the Vancouver area about four years ago from Eugene, Oregon. I was raised in the church and baptized roughly three years ago. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I have two brothers and three sisters, and if you don't know me, there's a good chance you at least know one of them. Uh, back in Eugene as a kid, I was very devoted to the church. I mean, like, every day I went to school, I would talk to people about God. And I actually ended up getting in trouble about it a couple of times because they really didn't like that. Um, it was all I knew, and it was all I believed. And in fifth grade, my parents decided to pull me from the school and started homeschooling. That was a change that I was not ready for. But uh, it was something I had to grow, grow into. It was very scary and very hard not having a community to, like, really kind of root myself in. The church was really all I had left, and even then I wasn't very close to anyone there. Um, after a little bit, I actually changed churches to a new church and met some really great friends who really showed me what it's like to live for God. I'd really fell on fire for God, but the news was broken to me that we decided to move away from Vancouver, not from Vancouver, from Eugene, to Vancouver. It was very hard, and it almost broke me. I felt totally betrayed by God for feeling like I was being dragged away from my friends and everything I ever knew. I basically turned an entirely new person. I was once joyful and extroverted, and I turned into a dull, reserved, introverted kid. I felt alone until I came to this church. In my first year I, here, I met a friend named Elias Huynh. <laughs> Thank you. Put you on the spotlight, because I know you don't want to be up here. <laughs> um, I just slowly over time, my heart began to be reopened to God and what it's like to really live for God. I mean, like, going from having no one to someone felt like the best feeling in the world. I finally didn't feel alone anymore. It was super, an unfamiliar feeling at the time, but it was muscle memory. Uh, so, I was... It, it's still hard, you know? going from nothing to trying to get back to God. And it was tricky because I watched as my family still seemed to get back into it so easily when I was having a hard time, like, re-believing those truths, you know. Um, I was struggling with stuff like anxiety and depression, and even though I had people around me, I still felt like my fire for God was being smothered by my loneliness. 
And about two years ago, my oldest sister, Emma, went on a mission trip to Africa. I was very scared for her because who wouldn't be? It's a long way. But I was excited and intrigued because I had never considered mission work. But here was my own family leaving to help others across the globe. Another spark for God was lit in my heart, and it wasn't one that would be stomped out. I slowly began to feel like myself again, but something was still missing. I continued through my life, feeling my fire for God every time camp came around, but struggling easily in between. And COVID certainly didn't help anything. Throughout all of 2020, I continued to struggle with anxiety and depression, and I'm sure a lot of you guys did too. But my sisters continued to work through God through all of it, and I very much admired it. If you do know my sisters, then you would know that they're actually leaving for another mission trip in less than a month now. My oldest sister, Emma, is leaving for Kosovo, which is south of Serbia, and my second oldest sister, Megan, is going to Northern Ireland for school. Understandably, I'm pretty freaked out by that. I've never really had a time when they weren't there for me, so having them leave is very scary. It's not exactly the two-hour drive from Eugene to here. But at camp, Ben told the story of Daniel in the lion's den. It wasn't the first time I'd heard the story, but the first time I truly understood it. Seeing how faithful Daniel was, even in the face of certain doom, was incredibly inspiring. Ben reminded me that because God is faithful, we can live faithfully. He is there. And while it's easy to say that while the camp high makes us feel on fire for God, it can be easy to believe sometimes. But my leader said something to me that really inspired me that I wanted to tell you guys. He asked me if my parents were there. And I was kind of confused by the question, no, they're not here. But they are here. I can feel their love for me even over a thousand miles or even if I feel like they don't love me. God's the same. He is your family. He's your loving father. Even when we run away from him or try to leave him in the dust, he still loves us. Even when the world wants to cast us to the lions, we can trust in the true king who rescues us. He has always been there for you and he will always be there for you. And he will always love you. That's a hard fact to swallow, but it's true. Even when God feels impossibly far away, even when you feel so unworthy of his love, he is there loving you and protecting you, no matter what your lion's den looks like. All of my fear, anxiety, and stress has transformed in excitement and hope and joy for my sisters. I can't wait to see what they do out there, and I can't wait to join them on the field of mission when God calls me. So whatever God is calling you to do, do it faithfully and with complete trust in him. There is no one better, no one else who can be there for you like he is. Have faith, because he is faithful. That isn't to say it won't really be easy. That isn't to say there won't be trials. With both my sisters leaving, I'm going to be the oldest child at home. There are going to be some pretty big shoes to fill, but I trust in him. Nelson Mandela once said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. I don't agree. Not exactly. Courage is not the absence of fear, but the presence of God in your heart to give you the strength to do what you've been called to do. I trust that he has a plan for my sisters, and I trust he has a plan for me. So whatever the future holds, I will live with my trust in the everlasting king. Wow. Let's go. Yeah, whatever, awesome. whatever God calls you to do, do it faithfully. Yeah, he turns mourning to dancing. Such a cool story. Thank you, Jack. Thanks, man. Um, next up, we're going to hear from Summer. So give, it a, give a hand for Summer. Summer, come on. Hey, guys. How are you doing? 
Um, so for those of you who don't know me, my name is Summer, like Michael said. Um, I'm going to be a junior this year, and I've been coming to Northwest Gospel for about six years. At first, I wasn't really sure if I wanted to share tonight, so I prayed for God to reveal it to me. Yesterday, as I was doing my devotional, I read Psalm 22, which was an answering to my prayer for guidance. As soon as I read the verse, I knew that it was the right time for me to share my testimony of God's work in my life. Psalm 22, 22, and 25 read, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. So I'm going to share my story with you guys tonight. I'm just going to start at the beginning. I grew up in the church and have amazing parents who have raised me the right way and been great examples of strong Christians. Like everyone, my life hasn't been perfect. There have been ups and downs. One of those times was in 2017, when within a very short time of each other, my dad had a massive heart attack and my grandpa died. I loved my grandpa very much and had a close relationship with him, and he was a hero in my eyes. So when he got lung cancer, I had a really hard time. After hearing the news that he had passed away, I cried really hard, and I wondered why it had happened to him. In his life, a lot of hard things had happened to him already, and it just didn't seem fair. But as I remembered his pain through constant radiation and being on an oxygen tank, God showed me that his timing and purpose is always best no matter what I think. Because that suffering that my grandpa faced after all he had already been through was horrible. And even though I missed him, I started to realize that all that pain that he felt is gone because he is now in heaven and he will never feel that again. Now he has a new body and is experiencing the joy of being in the full presence of God. And it was the best thing for him, even though at the time I was blinded by my own point of view. A month or so later, one night, my dad was having serious chest pain and was rushed to the hospital by my mom. Since they didn't have the right equipment, he was transported to the Southwest Washington Medical Center where they performed emergency surgery. At the time, my grandma had been living with us after my grandpa's death. So the next morning when she broke up the news to my brother and I after being on the phone with my mom who had slept at the hospital in my dad's room and said that my dad was sick but wouldn't tell me any details, I knew something was seriously wrong. The car ride there, I remember being so scared of what I would find when we got to the hospital. When I walked into the room where my dad was staying, I said, what happened? And my mom said, your dad had a heart attack. And when I saw him lying there, I broke down and started crying uncontrollably. And it really shook me up. The next day, he was feeling more pain. And later, the doctors discovered that that day in the hospital, my dad had had another heart attack. And that's when most of the damage had been done. So he needed another surgery because the previous one had failed. For the next five days, my brother and I visited every day with my grandma. And I remember my grandma telling me that she had prayed, and God told her that my dad was going to be okay. And my dad told us that if anything happened to him, that he wanted us to take care of each other and to follow God. Oops, sorry. sorry. Um, and I remember feeling this supernatural peace and telling myself, everything's going to be okay. God's got this. My dad could have died that night, but God was so faithful, and he took care of us. And it was such a blessing that my grandma was living with us at the time so she could take care of my brother and I while he was in the hospital. And my life was changed because of it. We were actually having summer camp the week after all this happened. My dad was doing better but was still in the hospital. But we ended up to deciding to still go to camp. As we sat in small group, I told the group what had happened, and they supported me. Courtney gave me a big hug and just listened to what I had to say. And when we came back, my mom and dad came to the church to pick us up, and there was my dad smiling at me and giving me a hug. 
It was so amazing the way God saved his life and showed me how much he cared. And every time I start to get discouraged or question God's plan, I remember that moment. And I remember just how much God understands. I mean, Jesus experienced more pain than any of us ever will on the cross to save us from our sins, just so we could be with him. During that same general time period, when I was in sixth and seventh grade, I had bad anxiety. I would have trouble falling asleep, and when I did, I would wake up in the middle of the night, struggling to breathe and sweating a lot. I ultimately had a fear of death. My mom had a found a verse for me to hold on to, and I memorized it, 2 Timothy 1.7, which says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And it got me through a really hard time in my life. Every time I felt scared, I would repeat the verse over and over and feel God's supernatural peace, and he cured my anxiety. Fast forward to this last year, I had tried out for the volleyball team at my high school and made it, but felt like God wanted me to do something else. And it was really hard for me because I felt like that was my community and I didn't really feel like I had anyone else at school. But um, with all that time that I would have spent at volleyball practices and games, I spent at church and I got to serve on the worship team instead, which has shown me how to be a leader and been so much fun. And I would have sacrificed all that if I would have played. During the lockdown, I was excited at first to have a break from school and have time to relax, like I'm sure most of you were too. But um, I was going through my Bible in year plan, I was feeling good, but then the news came that school was going to be closed for the rest of the year, which for me as a freshman who still really hadn't experienced that much of high school was really disappointing. At this point, I just felt kind of hopeless. Then I registered for camp, shout out to Team Bolivia, and I was so excited to have some sense of normalcy again. This camp, Everlasting King, has reminded me that God has everything in his hands, and even though coronavirus and everything that's come along with it has been dis difficult for all of us, he has a plan that's better than anything we can ever imagine. The first night of camp, we talked about the faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to stand up to the king. They refused to bow down to the statue, even if it meant being thrown into a furnace. They trusted in God's character. Not only was there a fourth person in the fire with them, they were untouched by the fire and find, found favor in the sight of King Nebuchadnezzar. And it's like that with us, too. When we obey God, even in the hard times, sorry, guys. <laughs> he honors that. And even in death, we have life. It has no power over us. Just like the Apostle Paul says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain, in Philippians 1.21. Ben also talked about how when we truly see God clearly, all we can do is worship him and acknowledge that everything else means nothing in comparison. During COVID, I went through a really hard time. I became so obsessed with what I looked like and started working out a lot, and I wasn't eating enough. My body image became an idol, much like the one that King Nebuchadnezzar ordered his subjects to bow down to. And at camp, I realized that I had been putting it above God and not really believing that what he thinks about me is more important than what I or others think. I wasn't honoring my body or being grateful for the body that God gave me. I didn't believe that he cared about my heart more than what I looked like on the outside. I've surrendered this struggle to God now and feel so much freedom, and I'm so grateful to be called a daughter of the king. At camp on the first night, we had amazing worship and small group, small group discussion, as many of you know. We were, like, really hyped about God, and it was awesome. <laughs> and by the end of it, um, during small group, we had cried together and been real with each other about the deep and heavy things. 
and it was such a relief. I grew so much in my relationship with God and my small group, and I'm so glad I went to camp and had that experience. But I also recognize now that our faith isn't built on the emotions that we feel with a camp high. It is the action of sacrificing ourselves every day and choosing God's ways above our own. Now I truly believe that in seasons of the unknown, in discomfort and hardship, we develop grit and are challenged to trust in God like never before. And in turn, we can experience true satisfaction that isn't found in anything else. Now I could go on and on about God's provision in my life, but for now, I'll leave you with this. Through everything I've been through, I've learned that living for God isn't easy. We may be persecuted or discouraged at times, but serving him is more fulfilling and worthwhile than anything else. So I encourage you today, if you're feeling overwhelmed by your sin or struggle, go to God and a leader and confess, because Jesus loves you so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for you. And he wants to set you free, just like he set me free. Thank you. Wow, that's awesome. There was another in the fire. It's such a cool line in scripture. There is someone else there in the fire, and the Lord is with us in the hardest times, and it's worth it. It is worth serving the Lord. It is worth uh, giving up everything for him. And man, after this crazy year or so, it was good to be reminded of that truth and to be back together singing. Um, we're going to sing a few more songs. You guys okay with that? She's going to be sharing her story. Woo-hoo. Give her a hand, everyone. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Faith, and I'm an eighth grader, and I love music, and I'm just going to get straight into the story. So I grew up in a Christian family, and I grew up going to church, um, but I never really understood who God was, and I didn't really care. Um, and I never really felt like I belonged at the church because of that, and I couldn't really trust anyone at the time. And I never felt satisfied with anything, and I struggled with anxiety problems. Um, so the first winter camp last year came, and I didn't really want to go, but I knew they'd be good for me, so I went, and I got pretty close to God. And that was just so such an amazing experience, experience for me because it just changed my life. And then quarantine came, I just felt like I lost all connection with God, and that was so rough for me because um, my anxiety got really bad, and I just lost connection with a lot of people. Um, so then summer camp comes, and I didn't really want to go, but I felt like something was calling me to the church. It was almost like God was telling me to go. So I went, and summer camp was kind of talking about how um, you can let God into your heart and how to tell if your faith with God was real. And that's when I realized I needed rescuing from God, and I was going down the wrong path. So I started praying that God would come into my heart, um, and I prayed for months after months. And finally, went to camp, 2021 came, and I just felt so changed after that, and I felt like I actually belonged to the church. And so this summer camp that just happened a couple of days ago, this summer, this camp was so different from all the others because I felt like I belonged, and all my anxiety and worries just went away, and I was actually able to connect um, with my small group, and I actually felt like I belonged. 
And now I actually feel like I'm able to trust people and the church. And I just feel like I'm a really big part of the church now. Um, and it was like my life was upside down before camp. And then God just came and flips it right side up. And everything is just good now. And now I'm living a life free of anxiety and fear. And I'm just always happy. And I'm filled with joy. And I can just be my best self now, knowing that God is by my side. And I can see all the blessings and all the things he's done for me and my family. That's it. Yeah, thank you, Faith. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, God, he faithfully, he guides us, and he guides us to him, which is what truly fulfills us, and he brings us community, and that's awesome. So thank that's you right. so much, Faith. All right, next we're going to hear from Sierra. Uh, I don't know where you are, but Sierra. Come on up. Peace, peace, peace. So, hi, I'm Sierra. You probably, most of you probably don't know me because I don't come to church a lot. But going to, tr to um, camp this week, last week was very moving for me. I've been having some struggles in my life throughout the last couple years. And camp just let it all go for me and all my worries. And it just let me be free for a bit. And I realized how much God was in my life and how much I've been blessed for, this, for a long time that I didn't see. So, I'm in eighth grade right now, and something you should probably know about me is that I'm adopted. I was adopted into the same family by my aunt, and the reason why I was adopted was because my birth mom did drugs, which ended up having me being taken away by the state. But I had my family there with me the whole time. A couple years later, I was adopted by my aunt, and it was the best decision that any of anything in the family could have done. And I'm happily living with my aunt, with my twin sister. But <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> During camp, one of the leaders came up to me and talked to me. And I was able to talk about everything had, that had happened in my life with my parents fighting and people that I really loved getting sick and passing away. I felt lost but it was very nice to talk about it. And she was there the whole time and she comforted me and she told me that it was gonna be okay. Right now, God is slowly working with me and is patient with me and showing me that things are okay and that it's okay to be sad and to be hurt and to feel mad at things. I've been comforted and loved by all through this and I feel very blessed. I've learned despite the hard times that, no, that we normally don't see God, but he's been there the whole time, giving us advice and helping us. I believe in the future I can use this to help others and to hopefully bring a little bit of light to their dark world. Good, to hear. Good job. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks for sharing your story. Man, uh, we get to be the lights, you know? We don't... Um, have these moments at camp so we can just kind of like fill our meat like our you know tank and be like cool I'm on full now I'm awesome I'm good we go so we could be lights to other people amen amen that's right that's what we get to do all right well man the Lord is good he's awesome we got to see that this weekend and we're gonna sing about that 
right here, right now. We're going to sing that God is a good father. We love him and we're thankful for him. So go ahead, everyone. You know what to do. We're getting a little workout here. It's all good. Stand up. Very repetitive, but it is something that is so core to our identity as Christians that, man, I could just sing it for hours, that song. God's a good, good father, and that's who we are. We're loved by him, and our identity now is found in him, right? We talked about how it's not our faithfulness to God that gets us favor with him, but his faithfulness towards us. And because he is loving, we can love. Because he has healed, we can go out and, and experience that healing. Because of what his faithfulness has done for us, we can live faithfully for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's Amen. awesome. I love that song. All right. Well, hey, we have, um, we have two more people. We have both interns, by yes. the way, just like this guy. Yeah. Both interns. Super fun. We get Matthew Porter. Come on up here. Porter. Come on, bro. Matthew's no stranger here. Um, give it up for Matthew. Come on, one more time. Someone said my name. Oh, Woo. Okay. Wow. This is awesome. My hair looks good? Okay, I was, I was going to ask. Can someone get the angle? Okay. This is going to be fun because... I don't usually have uh, scripts, and so when I don't, I ramble, but I'm not rambling. I promise I have a place I'm going. It's just it may be a little bit of, so just bear with me. He might, he might try and shove me off the stage. Okay. Okay, where do we start? Okay, so I'm Matthew Porter. Uh, I've been attending Citizens consistently since summer camp of 2019, since after summer camp of 2019. And so, yeah, God has been, like, I don't want to recap all of that just because that is a whole lot that's happened in two years. But um, basically, so, like, that was a big thing, was finding God and finding him and just getting to learn about him these past two-ish years, I guess. Yeah, two years. And just the work he does so I, I wanted to share on Sunday night. I forgot what it was, but it was something at camp that just made me think I, I, did, I did wanted to share. And also when I, I, did a, I did a sermon here a couple months ago. And, and before, I, before I did that, I was also wanting to share. I, I, I forgot what it was. I was in my room watching like Friends or something. No, probably not Friends, but I was watching something and I just... Okay, I don't think it was friends. It was something probably Marvel-related. But anywho, it made me think, I really want to talk about God and kind of myself, but kind of God's impact in my life. And then I got the opportunity to do a sermon, which got to touch on that a little bit. Um, and then so I'm here again. So what exactly am I going to talk about? That's, that's the interesting thing. Okay, so... So this, these past um, couple months, I would say, like this year of 2021, I, I've, I've, always, I've always struggled and like kind of longed for just like a community kind of of like friends, trusted, definitely. I, I thought I had found that at school and then that was a good thing of when quarantine happened because I just kind of realized that those were not my people, like I loved them and I still do love them, but they just were not, they couldn't love me the way I could love them, not through a Christ-centered way, which is really a big, oh, I can't see you guys. I'm so sorry. 
Just give me over here. Okay, that's much better. Um, and so that was a big thing. And I did an internship here last year, 2020, and that got me super involved in the church. Really awesome. And and yeah, and I, I did a missions trip in October. And so that was really awesome. And just since kind of then, I, I feel that God has been, he's been like kind of giving me a message, something that I've been struggling with so much. And that is um, that's just kind of, of just of accepting what he has for me, like, so I'm I'm not gonna get like deep into it, but just I just like struggle with um, myself and kind of my identity of who I am in in part of His whole kingdom and just like how just like my importance or just kind of for Him and just like His purpose for me, but and stuff over there okay um where was i importance that's it okay and so i realized how much i love like this community and just listening to other people and just i'm a good listener yeah i'm a good listener uh i try not to talk a lot sometimes i do talk a lot sometimes i don't talk a lot it's like either i talk too much or i don't talk at all but i'm a good listener and and I feel that's something God is a gift He's giving me is that is that I just love people. I just I just love to be around people to just hear things people are saying. So often when I'm like hanging out with my friends, I I just kind of just want to be there and like sure I'd like some attention, but I just like to just kind of see what they're doing and just like have that kind of connection, you know, just have an overall connection like that goes with hanging out or just at church at service and stuff worship definitely just kind of like that bond and connection and like something that hits me a lot is like uh in worship when we often talk about uh how uh, god has united us or like it's his blood that like brings us all together and it's just it's just a beautiful to symbolism maybe that might be the word but just of how he he does that he brings us together and and so oftentimes, because of my love for people, I'm attacked. Uh, I'd say sp spiritual warfare is just, it tries and keeps me from being with people. It makes me think just the worstest things of like my impact on people. But, but those are lies, which are a lot of times hard to, to uh, understand or understand. Anyway, so what I'm trying to get at is just that this year alone, I've, I've just met some of my bestest friends and and just like this community in general, just like the opportunities you get and the people you get to meet and like people you didn't think, like like some of them, I'm gonna call her name out if I could find her face, Natalie Galloway, for instance. I didn't know her, I knew of her, but like it's just crazy to me because I didn't know her at all. I just knew that she attended here and she went to the same high school as me, but just like, through like doing the missions trip and such, I've been able to know her and she is one of my closest friends. She's, she's my, I don't know, just like her and a bunch of others, which I might name, just are like my brothers and sisters in Christ. And it's like, that's something I've prayed for, or I say prayed for, but just something I've always known, I've longed for, 
haven't always prayed for it because I didn't know what it was I wanted, but just that I needed that community. I needed people that I love and people that loved me and just a bond, a, a connection with people. And just I've made so many strong ones. And and it's a little hard knowing that some of them, I'm, I'm a graduate, but at the moment I don't have plans to, to go off uh, anywhere. I don't, I kind of have a plan, but I'm not, it's nothing like Sandstone yet. And some of my friends are, are leaving for a while. They'll be back, but they'll be gone for a while. So like that is, that's something that's been super hard. But at the same time, something that's super encouraging is that it's, 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 it's part of God's plan for, and that is way easier to like say than actually like be okay to be okay with it. It's easier said than done to be okay with that. That is part of God's plan that he He puts these people in your life that you needed, people that I absolutely needed. And it's not that he's taking them away from me. He's not doing that at all. He is just sending them off somewhere else where they need to be. And I, I need to be here right now. I don't, I don't know. I, I need to be here right now, maybe so I can meet other people and and just keep talking about him. Like, as I grow closer to God every day, that is what my heart longs for, is to grow closer to God and to grow closer with these people. And what was I going to say? What's that? Say, what was I going to say? Uh, I love people. Thanks, bro. Appreciate that. You may have this back if you'd like. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to keep it. Okay, it's mine now. It's totally mine now. Thank you, um, yeah, thank you, Matthew, for that speech and your note. Oh, okay, well, you can have it back. He wants it. He wants it. All right, we have one more. One more. One more guy. We know this Another guy. intern. His yeah. name is Gavin Kaiser. Gavin? He's coming up yeah. to the stage. Man. Gavin is a good friend of ours here at Citizens. He's been coming for a number of years. Uh, his impact on this ministry runs very deep, and uh, he's a servant over all things. He's a, he's a servant-hearted uh, guy, and um, yeah, he's awesome. And so give it up for Gavin. Uh, he's going to share. Peace. So uh, most of you guys may know me for being in the front with my hand up and being on the screen. I'm sorry about that, guys. Um, like I was like blocking the camera. I'm sorry about that. Um, you guys can sit down. Um, I'm looking at the clock. I have 15 minutes to talk, and I plan on using a lot of that. So if you guys don't want to stand up here, like there's a stool over there. Yeah, if yeah. you guys want to sit. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, um, Gavin. Thank you. But it's like, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I asked to close because it's like, um, I have, I can keep you guys here for as long as I want, and I get that time, <laughs> and I and I get that time to um, share with you because I feel like some of you who know my life story and know at least the last couple of years of my life know that it's a lot to talk about. Um, so I'll hop right in. I'm gonna start my timer. 8:06. Uh, let's go. Um, so I think we'll start. Uh, let's start summer of eighth grade year. Um, as an eighth grader, I had really put my identity in the sports that I played. I was one of those, yeah, I play sports kind of guys. I run fast and I hit ball, throw ball, shoot ball. Um, that was just my identity. I had rooted myself in that. It's like I used to have an athletic build and I'm a little wide, but um, <laughs> I definitely had rooted myself in that. And come freshman year, cross country, um, I couldn't run. I 
couldn't jump. I couldn't sit down with my legs bent at a certain angle for a, more than a certain time without feeling significant pain that wouldn't go away for a while. And going into high school, something that none of our middle school prepared me for without any sense of identity really, um, like I was lost. And as you're lost, you have nothing to do. You're hopeless. You kind of, you kind of sink down and you don't feel good about yourself. Um, you don't have hope. You don't wake up with something to look forward to. And um, it was a really tough part of my life, um, just knowing that it's like what I was known for is now no longer here. And so that was my freshman year. There's more. I'm a senior. Like, <laughs> buckle in. Um, and then so going into my sophomore year, uh, I, w I was still in that place. It was worse, I would say. Um, I was actively running from the Lord in a toxic relationship that just did not benefit me. Um, I turned away from the Lord, and I was a master to sin, and that definitely reflected my self-image because um, the spirit in me was fighting so hard to, like, not do those things, and the flesh fought back just as hard, and when your body is tearing itself apart, it just, you collapse and you spiral, so it was really hard to deal with those things, and, like, as a young sophomore, like, who has no idea what high school is about, and just <laughs> struggling, and so what I really found from that was, um, in hopelessness, the goodness of God is easily hidden, um, like, it's so hard, like, it's, right now, it's very easy to see the light of God when you're off that camp high, and it is just so bright, kind of like those stage lights, but it is just, after you don't have a strong base in that, it's so easy for you to lose that and for you to sink down into that low. Um, and, um, you know, Big Rona came around March 13th, um, and that really led to a lot of isolation. Um, I decided to um, not really text people back and see who wanted to reach out and talk to me. No, no one did. Um, so that was a little bit rough, um, and that really led to more of an aggressive style of depression that I faced. It was really hard um, just going from a life that I thought I lived, a life that I thought was good, to being locked in and having nobody there for you. Um, and I started with panic attacks, which I don't know, it's like I never was an anxious person, so I was like, what's going on with me? And um, it was just not that good of a time. And so we move into junior year. And junior year started off really well. Um, we started off really strong. But what I thought was fixed was only, I thought there was a better fix and it was only a temporary solution. And that civil war came back and it came back twice as hard as before. And um, when you're actively, when it feels like inside you're tearing yourself apart, you just, can't look at yourself in the mirror without feeling that guilt and that shame that you are losing that fight that you want to win, but you know you can't win. Um, so, and it was hard to open up um, because it's like, boys don't open up. And that isolation really um, hurt and drove me further apart from the group. And that's something that I really want us to learn about is just that boys, Talk to your boys about it. Don't be weak about that. 
and as junior year progressed, um, I slowly started to spiral. I, um, I didn't value my life, and um, I didn't really care about living or dying. Um, as some of you who know that talk to me, I, I didn't care, I would say. I, um, I wasn't reckless, but I was absolutely ready to throw my life away at the most minor of causes. Um, and coming into the, this summer, um, I, had, I was put in a mental hospital. Don't, it sucked, but it was so bad that when I got out, it felt good. Like, it was weird. Like, it was so crappy in that mental hospital. Like, they take your phone away and make you sit there in scrubs, which are really bad, that it's like, I felt good. And I was like, I need to fix this civil war that's in my brain that causes this self-hate, this depression, and just how little I value my own life. So coming in, I, um, I started the internship as much as I like, was hesitant to do so because of how I felt about myself. I, um, um, I went through some ups and downs, and it definitely, um, definitely was a journey. It definitely hurt here, but I, I went on a trip to Florida and Vegas with my friend, which was interesting. Those are both very interesting places, probably the most interesting places in America for widely different reasons. And I'm not gonna go into why, but just, you've heard what happens in Florida, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, it was definitely hard because at this, I was still, I still haven't come to grip and I still hadn't fully realized that I was fighting this war that was just dragging me down. And it's like, while I was talking to a therapist and on meds, I just slowly and slowly realized that the underlying sin that I had refused to talk about and that I was a slave to um, was the root of this cause. And so coming into summer camp, I was definitely nervous. I definitely felt the urges to flee. And I, but at the same time, I wanted to stay. I, it's like, I know this community. I know how good it is. But at the same time, it was, it was so tempting. So coming into summer camp, I was, I was really hesitant. And then I think, yeah, it was Sunday night and Ben takes off his shirt and I see all of those things that I, it's like I myself, he had another shirt on. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but, but I saw all of those things that I could relate to. I saw um, all of those things that like, I've never heard that many other guys talk about and after that message, it was a really crazy small, not crazy, but it was a really good small group in like the craziest way possible. Boys know. Um, and <laughs> it was just really eye-opening. And then I remember um, after all of that, after um, Spain won and we were all like, yeah, go, woo. I, I, I would be more supportive, but it's like I can't do the woo. Like, you, you heard that. Um, I, I planned on not sneaking out, but it's like I told, I, like, talked to the rec staffers, and I was like, hey, can we go down by the dock? And so it was um, me and a rec staffer and one other student, we went down to the dock. And as I was sitting there taking those photos and just um, doing something that I enjoyed, it's like we all started talking. And it was just so um, eye-opening to hear that it's like, the brothers that I looked up to 
also struggled with those same things that I struggled with. And um, it just really um, came to me that it's like, why didn't I talk about this? Oh, sorry about that. Why didn't I talk about this? I'll hold the mic farther away. Why did I refuse to acknowledge what was dragging me down at the um, excuse that I could get embarrassed or people wouldn't think of me as the same? And so as we sat there on that dock, the Milky Way was out, and it was just something beautiful. I don't know if you guys saw that, but during that color war, the Milky Way was out, and on Sunday night it was also out. And just sitting there under God's beautiful creation, talking about our deepest flaws and talking about how we aren't perfect, how none of us are the perfect disciple that we are called to be. And um, it really changed me. Like, as much as those sermons hit me, there was nothing more inspiring to me and scary to me than sitting down and having that conversation. And so like from those experiences and like from my highs and lows, it's, I learned, ooh, there goes my timer. I learned that life is, life is always worth it. Um, like I wouldn't be here if I didn't have people on the other end holding me, literally, not literally holding me, but holding me here. Um, like I wouldn't have been able to experience that conversation where I could acknowledge what was hurting me. I couldn't be here to take the, what some people call really bad, but good photos from camp. I, um, just couldn't experience the beauty of God's creation, what we saw when we like kind of snuck out those nights. <laughs> and so I just wanted to say, um, it's a crazy part of my life. It's been an absolute crazy ups and downs and coming from literally the lowest of lows, the, like the lowest I could possibly feel to that camp high in such a short time has just really made me value and made me reaffirm that um, God is good and he had a plan regardless of how hard I suffered and how little I wanted to be here and how much I yearned to just not feel that pain or that numbness anymore, how good it is to be here. And so I just want to tell you guys, guys specifically, talk about it. I, what I struggled with could have been avoided if I would have talked about it three years ago, two years ago, a year ago. But instead, I chose to hide it, and I let that eat me up from the inside. And that that self-hate that I that I used to feel is slowly fading. I can finally look at pictures of myself and not immediately throw up in my mouth. Like I I would, I began to see what God saw in me and not the flawed, broken human that I actually am. So I just want to tell you, to all the boys and girls out there, men and women, um, God is good, and your life is good no matter the situation.